0: Welcome to episode 29 of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Welcome to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's very own Kerry Lacey. Hello everybody and welcome to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music episode 29. How to plan for an ensemble. Now let's face it, extracurricular ensembles are part and parcel of the music department in most schools. More often than not, teachers take on these ensembles out of the goodness of their hearts with very little support. Some of us are fortunate and might receive a couple of periods a week to help with planning and preparation, but most of us don't get that much help. This week I'd like to talk about the challenges of creating an ensemble, be it a vocal or instrumental group, and some of the strategies to ensure you're providing a developmental plan which also incorporates growth. So how do you start an ensemble? Well, it depends on your school, its attitude to music and your history. If you work at a school where music's not considered very valued, then you've got an uphill battle. If you work at a school where music is king, then life's a little bit easier. So where do you start? Well, trust me, with the keenest kids you can find. You know, the ones who hang off your every word and who want to be the game changers, the ones who want to make history, not just watch it go by. And the next challenge is to make it good. You need to make sure the product they're presenting is good quality. You also need to make sure their first outing is quick and effective. Don't spend three years practising waiting for kids to be good. Make it good from the start. Remember where energy goes, excitement flows. If you have a vocal group, then get them to sing in unison or in two parts so that it sounds fuller and more confident. Don't go for four parts straight away. If you're starting a small band, then select charts that maximise their strengths, ones that have little big band or the charts where they've got only four or five layers but more kids playing them. They might be grade four players but if you get some really top grade two charts that sound impressive then your audience won't be any of the wiser. So how do you plan for an ensemble? Well, believe it or not, it's the same way you plan a unit of work from the end. You need to ask yourself, what is the end result? For a lot of us who run ensembles, the end result is always a performance. But not just one. Is one enough? I run a whole bunch of groups at schools and one of my ensembles, the premier ensemble in the school I work at, will have 25 gigs a year. Now that's a lot, you know. Uh, So it's not surprising that when we do planning for the rest of the other groups we have at the school, and there's eight of them, We have to seriously consider the performing schedules of these teams with regard to the impact that the bigger group has that do so many performances. So this requires quite advanced planning and that happens at the end of each year. We learn from our mistakes, we try to correct them. Now if you're starting out you're not going to have that problem but you're going to need to know how to focus your energy and attention. So you have your group and they've got some material, so what's next? Well, step one, sit down and organise a plan, just like you would any unit. Too many people start ensembles with no plan, no time from week to week to create a plan. They float from one rehearsal to the next without any idea about where they're headed and without having done the preparation for that rehearsal. Well, you've got to treat it like a class. And don't forget step two, it's all about the gig. You've got to identify what gigs these groups need to do. There's different types of performance opportunities available out there depending on where you're based. Some of these different types um, can be things like school-based events. So at your school, I'm guaranteed you'll have presentation days. You've probably got a graduation for your 12. You might have special events like White Ribbon, Harmony Day, Anzac Day. You might have a lovely little cola area or a picnic area. That's off to the side in a small part of the school, which you can run lunchtime concerts or after school things. You might have a performance space where you can do lunchtime concerts. You might have school organized concerts, which feature the groups or visitors working with the group. So, uh, in the environment that I'm in, or the school I'm in, we have two different streams, and there's three or four different groups in each stream, and they each have a concert. So it maximises the numbers for the audience. Uh, Number three could be small-scale community events like playing at the local primary school fete or the local church, the nursing home or the local club. A lot of the RSL clubs would love to have students down there performing for a Sunday afternoon or or a Wednesday night. Now your community might have large-scale events. Maybe there's a community fair. Maybe there's education week being held somewhere in the in the region. Maybe they celebrate international events like International Jazz Day. Perhaps you have festivals. There might be an oyster festival or a street parade. All sorts of things that you could get yourselves involved in within the large scale community events. And don't forget to see if they can make a donation to the school or sponsor an event, say for example, come to your concert, provide a prize for a raffle, or as I said, a donation to the school music department. There's also competitions. Now, I'm not a big one for competitive natured events where there are no winners, I guess. I'm a big fan of festivals. I do like the festivals that offer the gold, silver and bronze, because the students have a standard that they are then reaching for rather than first, second or third. For example, I have a group that was entered into a festival and they got silver for the first two years and then they finally got gold the third year and then from there they were invited to an invitational, which is for all the ensembles that have reached gold status. And so they had the opportunity then to work with a professional musician from America. So those sorts of competitions and festivals exist. See if there's one in your community. If you're an acapella vocal group and you organise an acapella vocal group, there is the Vocal Australia have an acapella online festival you can get involved in as well. Don't forget there's state or national events like Generations in Jazz, School Spectacular if you're with the Education Department, Arts Unit programs and, of course, private school programs as well. And then there's the tours, the local, the interstate and the international. Now, if you're just starting out, then just pick one or two of the categories I've mentioned and just go for it. For example, you might have a small band. Um, Well, the local church or nursing home might be happy for the group to come down and entertain for an afternoon. And if your group doesn't have enough material then to sustain an entire set, then maybe pepper the performance with some of those students in your other classes, the ones that are able to perform on their own or be able to do an acoustic number They have HSC works that people need rehearsing from the senior classes. So grab them. Get them involved. Get the group out in front of the school. Now, this is the hardest thing they will ever do. If they can perform in front of the school, they can do anything. Make sure the performance is a success from the start, though. Pick the right song for your school community and the right event or the right year group to perform for. The last thing you want is for it to all go pear-shaped and the kids to be highly embarrassed and then not wanting to go out in front of the school community again. Step three. This one I think is a really good one. Find your high-profile event and then boast about it. With the world of social media taking hold on the young, any major event or minor event for that matter needs to be advertised. If it's on Facebook or Instagram, then it must be really important. While promotion might not be your thing, it could be somebody's, like one of your students or maybe one of your band parents, Organise a high-profile event with someone or get involved in a large-scale community event that seems to be super special. This is a great promotion for the school and the students and make sure your school is primary in promotion. Get a pull-up banner made. Principals love positive promotion for their school. Step four, plan your repertoire. Look at the events you've decided that you're going to go and do and organise your repertoire before. Okay, don't organise repertoire during. Make sure this is known to the group. A Google Doc with a table outlining the week-by-week schedule for the performance allows them to see what's on the docket for the rehearsal, and then they can make sure they've practised the material. Put the gigs on the schedule so they see how much time they've got to get the material ready, and constantly refer to the document at rehearsals so they know it's not just created and forgotten. Step five, this one is probably the one I value the most, and that's ask their opinion. Your group are the ones that need to play it, so get together and play good quality recordings of the material. Ask them to offer their opinion. If you've got a bunch of charts you're thinking of doing, as I said, get them together at recess or lunch and say to them, this is the material I'm thinking of doing, what are your thoughts? They're more likely to put in the effort if they have ownership in the ensemble. You're the leader, but the team needs to know that they're valued. Step six, make sure everyone understands the plan. Check in with them at rehearsals and other times to make sure things are going well. Have conversations outside the group. Ask how they're feeling about the gig, are they excited, how are they going with the material, how's that solo going, whatever it is. And probably step seven is, in my opinion, the most important of all. Find the successful formula and repeat. Once you have it, just repeat it. You can't go wrong once you've got the success formula. Now, I can't offer any other um, suggestions other than those couple to begin with, but if you've got any problems or you've got any concerns or there's something that's bothering you and you're not quite sure how to go about dealing with the situation, need a bit of problem solving, then just drop me a line at at kerrylacey.com.au. That's kerry, K E R R I at kerrylacy.com.au. And I'll be more than happy to have a chat to you about maybe some of the things I've experienced. I might have some suggestions and if not, I might know somebody that will be able to help you. So until next week, I hope you have found this podcast to be quite useful and we'll check in next time on 10-Minute Tips to Teach Music. You've been listening to 10-Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's Kerry Lansing.